it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Prosper Insurance has an offer that's tough to beat and will benefit you one way or another. When you get a quote with Prosper Insurance, if they can't beat your home or auto quote, they will send you an official Washington football team legend jersey. Of course, if they do beat it, you'll be able to afford your own jersey or two. I can tell you from experience, the quote I received was $2,000 less than my previous insurer. It might not be like that for everyone, but why not find out? Finding the right insurance can be a pain, but Prosper makes it easy while providing great service and advice. Their licensed advisors shop the market with top companies like Allstate, Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers, and more to find you the perfect coverage at a great rate, which helps explain why Prosper has more than 1,000 five-star reviews on Google. You have nothing to lose. Simply visit prosper.insurance slash to get your quote and a possible Washington football team legend jersey. That's prosper.insurance slash K-E-I-M. This offer is good from September 13th to September 30th. You know what else is cool? They plant a tree for every policy they write. That's more than 66,000 trees and counting. Get ready to feel good about your insurance. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, a victory podcast with the voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein, as we rehash the crazy 30-29 victory over the New York Giants. It's hard to keep track of all the twists and turns in that one. We'll get into the game, but we'll also discuss initially what it's like to call a game like that. It's kind of crazy. Taylor Heineke love, and what the hell is going on with the D? You can follow Bram on Twitter at RealBramW, and you can read my work on ESPN.com, of course. I'm also on Instagram, John Kime ESPN. I have a story up now on ESPN.com on Taylor Heineke, of course, and the win over the Giants. There will also be another one posted on Saturday about his composure in those late game situations. It's a Heineke week, folks. Also, check out that the article that ran Thursday where we ranked the Washington, the Washington quarterbacks since Mark Rippon led the Super Bowl win. Maybe it's a little more fun to read after Thursday night. Anyway, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Bram Weinstein. Bram, <laughs> We've covered a lot of games. That's going to be one that we're going to remember for a long time because of how crazy it was at the ending. Before we get into the Taylor Heineke, you know, story and, and magic and whatever, for you, what was it like to call that game in the last five minutes? It was a blast. It was really, 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 really fun. Um, I, I, I The funny part is like, you know, we always have these expectations of what's going to happen. And shootout with the Giants was not really on the table, you know, so I didn't like really walk in thinking, oh, there's gonna be a couple of offenses that can't be stopped. You know, I just, that's that was not, you know, any kind of level of expectation. 
But, um, you know, as the second half just kind of matriculated a little bit, you kind of saw what was coming. And, you know, I think there's a lot of issues to talk about. Clearly, sure. the Washington defense being incapable of stopping the Giants yeah. offense at all, I mean, is a story in itself. Um, but it was really, I mean, just for, to make a long answer short, it was really, it was just, it was as fun as you might imagine it might be calling a game that ends like that. See, and the funny thing is for me, it's, it's fun to watch those games. It is not fun to be a writer during those games because I have to file something right within a few minutes after the gun, after the game ends. So I have a story, you know, you're starting to write a story in the, in the early in the fourth quarter. One of them is about how the defense is not living up to expectations at all. And if this is going to change, it's got to start with them, et cetera. Cause you're that that's planning for a loss. Then Heineke has this, you know, then it, but the other side is like, what if Heineke does this? So you start planning for a Heineke underdog hero story. So you start writing that one in addition, and then he throws, you know, he gets a touchdown. So it's like, okay, good. I stick with this and blah, blah, blah. And then he throws the interception. Then it's like, oh, Heineke was almost the hero, but he was, but then he threw this interception. And then you have to go back the other way. So the last, those last five minutes for a writer are really, really tough. As much fun as it is to watch and to see that unfold, it, it makes for some stress. So I'm glad you had fun calling it. Cause it's, I mean, they, the NFL must be watching this because Monday night was maybe crazier than this game last yeah. night between the Raiders and the Ravens. And then Washington and New York had this, they must be jumping for joy. Are you getting yeah. these ridiculous, crazy finishes in the ends of their games? Yeah, absolutely. And it, like I said, it's, it's fun to be at, but when, you know, just, there's a lot of whatever, but let's talk about the people because people don't care too much about what we have to do. So Taylor Heineke, I mean, I don't, what do you have to say about him now? Um, again, like, I wanted to temper expectations because I, you know, I know, you know, the fan base is so behind him and yeah. he was a people's choice thing. And what he did in that playoff game was really beyond comparison considering his experience level and, you know, what had to be a lack of acumen for what they were doing. Just he'd been here such a short period of time. And I mean, like he's infectious for them because of that. I mean, he almost pulled off what would have been if they had somehow knocked off Tampa Bay in the playoffs. I think that would have gone down as one of the greatest upsets of yeah. all time. Um, and, you know, I think people around here, and you know, this, and, and I know this, you know, that they're dying for, you know, to have someone to rally behind at that yep. position. And it just, it just has not materialized in a very long time. It was funny. I was doing the pregame show and we were talking about your piece a little huh. bit and about, you know, how long it's been. And the list gets really ugly. Once you get past like 10, 11 on it, of all the different quarterbacks who've come through and played here, you know, in the last 30 years. And I was talking to Santana Moss and he was, he was like, what, you know, basically why can't we ever, you know, either get lucky or find the right guy. And right. I go, you know, honestly, it actually predates that, you know, Joe Theismann got hurt in the mid 1980s. Jay Schrader came in, Doug Williams came in, Mark Rippin came in. None of them were really long-term answers for them. They just happened to be winning with those guys right. at that time. And that's really kind of the difference. And I don't know. There's something about this dude. I mean, like, obviously there's something about him. He's a total gamer. The stage is not too big. He won that game twice for them. He also blew it for him, but he won that yeah. game twice for them, you know, last night. And when was the last time you saw that with a quarterback around here? So I, I get why everybody is so kind of excited about him. He really kind of, he, it's funny. It, there's this kind of almost like wide-eyed and not wide-eyed experience with him all at the same time. He acts like he's been there. 
you wouldn't think that he's been was in business school last fall right. and basically out of the league. And at the same time, there's this, you know, almost curiosity, like, how could this be happening? You know, there's a, there's a Kurt Warner aspect to it. So right. it's really cool. It's really great. I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves, but that is a good defense they played last year. Well, defense has controlled them in the past. And he had no problem with them. So, you know, I, I got to hand it to him. He was terrific. Well, you know, it's funny that you bring up that defense because I see, I saw a couple of comments on, on social media about how, well, the Giants are a bad team. Well, no, maybe. <laughs> well, first of all, we don't know that yet. I mean, they played poorly last week. We know that. But what I know is that's a good defense. It's whether or not they're a good team or bad team. That's a good defense that that they that he picked apart. And it's funny because there's a lot of things that kid, you know, he's not a big kid. He doesn't have a big arm. Um, you know, he's going to, he plays with a gunslinger mentality, but he doesn't always have the arm to match it. And there are sometimes there are a couple of throws you say, okay, you may have gotten away with one, like the one to Humphreys on the two minute drive. But, you know, if you said, what's it, you point to that kid because he's got something that people gravitate to fans, players. And, and you're right. Like the thing that impressed me in those two minute situations, you look at how calm he is. And even on the touchdown to Ricky Seals Jones, what I, what impressed me is he looks, he looks down the middle. He wants Logan Thomas looks to his second read, which I think was Terry in the seam on the left side, running a little post. He's got a gap that opens up. He could have run. And he, it almost looked like he thinks about it and he sees Ricky Seals Jones is like, and he in, internally, he's saying he's got the height advantage on this guy the presence of mind to not just take off for a guy who has legs like he does to me speaks to the, the poise that he showed. He was, he was outstanding. I mean, he just, you know, this is a don't judge a book by the cover, which is probably what's happened to him, you know, ever since graduating from college or even maybe even high school. Uh, Yeah, probably, you know, like, you know, why did he play at ODU? Probably his size, you know, like why did he not really get any real legitimate long-term shot in the NFL? Probably his size. You know, and secondarily, which we've witnessed here this summer, he's not a guy who's going to wow you in practice. I think these kind of structured environments just don't really suit him. But put the lights on, put a big stage on it, tell him go win a game, and he's ready to go. And he's not scared. There's nothing about this that seems, you know, too big for him at all. And that's a really good sign. And it's funny, like, you know, Daniel Jones – man i mean if he played this team every week he'd be a pro bowler he's, you know, he's, he's getting like, a gold jacket everyone else that. you know it, something ain't right at the same time like look at him like six four looks the part obviously he's actually you know fast you know very yeah. good with these run pass this run option stuff he's really good at it and he's and not I, sneaky I, he's not also i'm sorry to cut you off he's not sneaky fast he no, is fast. He's fast. Lightning Collins called. He's not sneaky fast. No, he's fast. And and then the other thing, I couldn't believe this when I saw this stat yesterday getting coming into the game. Last year, the highest rated passer on deep throws was Daniel Jones in the NFL. Yeah. So he's got a big, accurate arm. So it does start to make this case for why the Giants don't want to turn the page on him. And yet, in so many different situations, he's wilted or had a turnover. And maybe, you know, so that's why you get to the, is the stage too big for this guy? Because it never seems to go his way. And this dude just like kind of walks in off the street yeah. and slings it around. It, it goes against all conventional wisdom of somebody who will have a successful career. And I think that's why 
everybody who covers it, like me and you, want to hit the pause button on getting going too crazy about a fairy tale, but we might be watching one. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the crazy thing here. I can give you all the reasons why I think it won't go a certain way, but I can't tell you that it will go that way because I'm not going to do that because you know crazy things happen and we know that. And it's funny you bring up how he's not going to wow you. I was talking to someone in the off season about him. And just like how exactly like what you said, if you're bringing in it, like, cause I, my thing was, why was he out of the league for two years? It's like, well, you're bringing a guy like that for a workout. He's not really going to impress you because he's not able to show you all that he can do. What you're seeing is a guy who, you know, is not a big guy. Again, doesn't have this big, powerful arm. So you're not really able to see. So what he did last year um, in the playoff game is he basically, made it so that way if he does in that situation again he will get signed because now they saw what he could do before then though you just you didn't all you saw were the negatives and sometimes you've got to look at well okay what makes a guy good and he anticipates well you know he knows where he knows the offense well he knows where he's supposed to go in some ways bram and and i'm going to talk about this later on here but like when trent green came up and had that one big year he was in the same offense for four years. He knew the offense well. So when he got his chance, he was ready. And I'm not saying Heineke is going to go on and do what he did, but I think there's a similarities in terms of he knows this offense well, and this maybe is the right spot for him with this coach. Who knows? I mean, knows? Scott Turner. I, I mean, I, you know, we had talked about this a couple times on your show, and I decided not to answer the question about Fitzpatrick because I thought this, the – the amount of plays that you would be judging how his comfort level in the offense and where he would lead them. I just didn't think it would be fair to make a judgment on him because it was such a small sample size preseason and regular season. But I mean, the comfort level between the two is night and day. Yeah. And here's somebody who's you know 17 years in the league. And here's another guy who felt like he just walked it off the street. And he's like, what do you want me to do? Oh, sling it to that guy. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. what, like it, it, it really, it, there's no common sense attached to any of it. And, you know, I, I don't want to get this mistaken. Like I'm not down on Fitzpatrick. I hope he gets healthy. I hope he comes back. I think he makes them better by mid season. If he is able yeah. to be healthy and I wasn't turning the page on him. But there was a clear, like, one guy's very comfortable here. The other guy's kind of figuring it out. And I know that they were leaning on the guy with the, all the experience because they thought it was better served for them long-term to lean on the guy with all of the experience. But, I mean, just it's just night and day what has been happening since he's come in. And, you know, I, I, there's a reason for that. And it's, it's really, it's him. You know, there's some kind of competitive spirit in him. You know it when you see it. You know, will he take them far? I don't know, but I think we're all locked in for the ride now to see what's yeah. going to happen. Next. Yeah, and yeah, I think it's 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 a because he's a bit of a mystery. And again, I can point out all the reasons logically where you say, hey, at some point it's going to go, it could go this way. Don't because you see this, this, and this, but there's still mystery to him. And I still want to sit there and watch him every week because, well, when does that happen? Does it happen? When? You know, is this Gardner Minshew who comes in and has these great things? But what I know is that we've seen him play 11 quarters now, and he's looked pretty good in each of those quarters. Look, weird things happen. I mean, yeah. Nick Foles he, won a Super Bowl. He was a backup. Yeah. He won the Super Bowl, and ever since then, he really hasn't done very much. You know, really hadn't done very much beforehand. So right place, right time, people who trust you. You know, he earned the right to compete on this team. That's why they gave him the contract that they did. 
Um, he earned the right to be told that you are pseudo in a starting quarterback competition because of the way he performed in the spring. And now, you know, they've said, all right, kid, here it is. And he was just outstanding on short rest, no time to really think about it, no time to really prepare adequately because of the short week, big, bright lights. You know, some guys don't perform well there. He shined, you know, he yeah. absolutely shined. And again, I want to reiterate, and I agree with you, the Giants defense is not bad. No, they're not. It's like the Giants it was a good defense, defense last year it was, was really top good. five in takeaways. The Giants defense was top 10 in total defense. Like if it wasn't for turnovers from them on the offense, their record would have been different. And if it wasn't for Sudfeld coming in in that Eagles game, they might've won the division last year. Right. So, you know, they're not, they're not bad. They're, they might be off to a slow start, not unlike Washington is, but go look at what they do and you'll see, like they're going to turn it around too at some point. Week one may be over, but the season is just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CON to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code KIM, K-E-I-M, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. It's fun to have a different story to chronicle because um, it's just, you're right though. He, the, you know what impressed me too is a couple tough first drives, doesn't get anything going, and then he hits a big pass to De'Ami Brown and gets it going, settles them in. Makes the turnover killer spot, killer comes back and leads a, and leads a, a game-winning drive. And, you know, of that game-winning drive, too, and we'll get to the defense in a minute because that's a huge concern. But one of the things from a personal note, I was happy to see Dustin Hopkins get a second chance on that <laughs> final one for two reasons. For two reasons. One, because he's a good guy and his family's going through a tough time. There was a death in the family. I think it was his brother-in-law. I believe that's what it was. Um, and one thing he going through this is that they've been sick going through all of this struggles in the summer and all that he was dealing with the other stuff, but he never would make an excuse for like, well, I, I'm distracted. It was never like, Hey, I've got this over here and I've got this over here. And it's nice to see a guy like that have something that he can celebrate. Whatever you think of him, it was just nice from a personal level. It was nice to see that. Yeah, I was happy for him too. I mean, obviously, um, you know, he's been under the spotlight last year. His percentage was not really good enough, you know, frankly. And then, so this year there was a lot of talk about, you know, is he going to be replaced? And then they had the weird issues with the whole operation with a new snapper in the preseason. And I even talked to Ron Rivera about it before the opener and was like, is that, is this behind you? You know, like, tell me the truth. Is this behind you? And he said, yes, it is. So, um, and it's shown out here, you know, in the first couple of weeks, he had the miss from 50 plus in week one and he's he had this one the other night that could have killed him they get fortunate to get the penalty but i'm with you i'm happy for him that yeah yeah what anything else jump out you on offense 
McLaurin was outstanding. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, the reincorporation of JD McKissick, which I thought was a miss. There was a lot of things from week one that I thought were odd. Yeah. Like when McLaurin isn't targeted for an entire half, when McKissick has one target you right. know, for like, yeah. like, these are the guys they relied on. And these are the guys that are playmakers for them. And I appreciate that they have all these other players here now, and they're going to try to incorporate all of them. But, you know, when you need to kind of get going, you go back to what you know, and they did, like in a big way with McLaurin, McKissick, Thomas to an extent. I think that was good to see. I mean, it was spread around. Heineke spread it around. He looked for Diami yeah. Brown. He looked, he, he, Humphreys made a couple of big plays. So, you know, this is, this is like somewhat, I think, what we thought with all the weapons the offense could be you know if the line would hold up and they haven't even seen curtis samuel yet so right I think well, and who knows who knows if but, you know those numbers on mckissick and mclaurin i think can't be underrated i mean no. these are guys that are going to be big time contributors for them and if they're not that's a schematic problem right know, really and, and i'll say with jd i was surprised last week as well because i know how much they like him i mean they really liked him i was talking to somebody this summer and it was about antonio gibson and the comment was Everybody keeps talking about us getting the ball more to him, and we, we're going to try and do that. It's like, but you can't forget about J.D. McKissick because this is a guy that they really trust in those roles, and you see why. And, and that was a really nice out-and-up route. He sold the out route on the 56-yard gain, and just a nice play. All right, defense, disappointing. I don't even know where to begin with them because – they're not the, the four man rush isn't getting getting enough pressure and the coverage isn't holding up behind it. I'm I'm genuinely shocked at how poorly they played in the first two games. I am, too. Um, there was another stat that I saw before the game that I that was really eye opening, um, you know, in rewatching the Chargers game, you know, initially just my gut in when they played live, it was like, well, they tried to rush with four and they just didn't get a lot of pressure and Herbert killed them. And then when I rewatched it was obvious they didn't just rush for sports. No, they, they didn't. were bringing people. Yeah. And then, you know, it turned out that they brought pressure or attempted to the third most of anybody in the NFL and they didn't get any pressure. And their percentage of actually getting pressure on Herbert was one of the lowest in the league. Yeah. So it wasn't even just that they tried to bring four, but when they did bring Bostick or, or Holcomb or very little off the edge, but, but if they tried anything, it wasn't working either. And that's really, that's really disconcerting. I mean, if you're actually going to blitz with that, you know, defensive line, you should have some free pass to the quarterback along the way. That's not happening. That said, I mean, game two was much better in terms of at least getting pressure on Jones. John Allen was terrific in the center yeah. of the line. Um, but still, I mean, the second half, Jones with a clean pocket is actually quite accurate. Yes. And, and you know, I know everyone wants to make fun of him because of what his record is. And, you know, and he does really have talent. More, he does have talent. And more and more and more, what you see is like, there's just something with him in these tight situations that go awry. And some of that's probably on him. But this is, this is problematic. I mean, the strength of this team, we know what the strength of the team is. If it's not going to be the strength of the team, we all have to adjust our expectations. Yeah, and big time. We can't turn Heineke into Pat Mahomes yet, you know? So, like, <laughs> no. you know, at some point, like, they're going to have to – and I keep believing, like, this is going to turn. Like, they just have too much talent. The talent will take over at some point when they get on the same page. But they're not – they're clearly not there yet. And, like, frankly, like, the Hopkins – 
if Slayton catches that ball where he's 15 yards <laughs> behind the secondary, yeah. we're not talking about a game-winning field goal. No. You know, if they didn't make that hold call on the Jones touchdown, we might not be talking about a game-winning field goal. Offsides so, on a uh, the offsides penalty on the field goal. I mean, they they were very fortunate last night, and the defense in particular was very fortunate last night. And I think you and I agree with this: that Chargers score is not emblematic of how much better like right. uh, LA's offense was than the Washington defense. So I don't know what the answer is, but this is not good. I mean, this is and it's not close to good, and it's far from what you might expect from them at this point. It is, and what troubles me with the with the pressures. And the last sack they got on, on excuse me, on um, Jones last night was a slot corner blitz from Fuller, Kendall yeah. Fuller, and he got home free, and he rushed that. He was on Chase Young's side, and it was a good, well-timed, well-executed blitz. But what concerns me is that I'm not getting home with four. And the benefit of having these kind of players up front is that you don't always have to blitz. You shouldn't have to blitz to apply pressure. Now, some of those blitzes are going to be four-man blitz rushes because you may be it may be a fire zone or whatever. And so you're dropping a guy, but you bring in your overloading side. But they're not getting home with those four. And that to me is what's concerning because they've got to be able to do that because that's the strength of their team. And it allows you to play more with coverage and it makes it harder for a quarterback to pick that apart. So that is where I'm at. And then also, Bram, too, the other part is the undisciplined play. And you saw it on the Barkley run. You saw it on the Jones run where guys are not doing what they're supposed to be doing, whether it's, you know, on the on the Barkley run. I'm not sure exactly what happened. I know that Chase Young was on that side and, and they, there was a big gap there. And I know he's I don't know if he was stunning to the middle or if he read the play and he thought it was going to the middle, but, but somehow he leaves that area. Now, maybe somebody else is supposed to, maybe it was a stunt and somebody else is supposed to get out there. I don't know. What I know is nobody was there and that can't happen. That, and that keeps happening. And then on the Jones touchdown or almost touchdown run, then Landon Collins is like, we've seen this guy keep the ball in this zone read. We've seen that. And yet they didn't play for it again. And that is also what, is troubling because those are just fundamental discipline mistakes and those have to get better. But I, you know, I, I'm with you. Like, I think there's too much talent there for it not to change, but when is it going to change? And and they have a tough slate of quarterbacks coming up that, you know, it's, if they don't get it right this season, you know, you look at the season, like it's very early, but you can't, you they have a more favorable schedule in the second half of the year. You've got to be in position to take advantage of that. And that starts with the defense. Yeah. I, it's, it's funny. I think of them kind of like an NBA team where they go through these slumps of the regular season, but they have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, all this stuff. And you just know, like in the end, everything short of injuries, it's going to turn around. The cream's just going to rise to the top and it's going to take over. And there they are, you know, making a run because that's their strength. I look at these guys like Sweat, Young, Payne, and Allen, and I go, eventually, I don't know what's going to click or when it's going to click, but it will. Like, this can't possibly go on the entire year. Um, And I'm really interested to hear what Ron Rivera say today because it is two weeks in a row, and what's really disappointing about this is, is everybody knows how marginalized the Giants' offense was. Barkley actually looked a little bit better than I anticipated last night after everything I'd heard and what I saw from the Denver game. I didn't know if he was even going to play. I actually thought he, he looked okay. He didn't look like himself, but he looked okay. He looked better than he did last week. Yeah, he did. And then 
their offensive line is in tatters and then they have a devastating injury to the center you know who's the backup center or or the guard who was the center and now they're bringing out another guy who'd been there a week you know like this should have this is a classic they're going to get overwhelmed you know by this group and it literally did not happen and i i don't know this the giants scored on every drive that they had in the second half i mean that's that's ridiculous like it really is i mean based on their on their personnel issues based on the fact that they're not that kind of offense and based on the defense that we supposedly have here, that's not right. You know, that's not right. And it is for cause for major, major, major concern. And they better figure it out quick because if they don't, they're going to get toasted by this guy next week. So so let's see. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, we've talked about maturity and and Ron Rivera has talked about that. Um, Last thing you look at the, for all those issues, is it good or bad that, even for all the issues, like they haven't played that great. They haven't done this. They're one and one with the chance to have been maybe not a great chance to be two and zero because you look at the game and, you know, who knows what happens if they don't fumble, does Herbert still lead them down? We don't know, but they've been in a position to be two and zero despite how they played. Is it, is that okay? Or do you look and say, you know, part of me says, okay, well that shows the mindset. The other part of me says, that's fine, but this stuff adds up. And if you don't get it fixed, you're not going to be in position to win. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it adds up, but I trust that, and this has happened for years with the Rivera teams, they get better as they go. They do, along. second so half I, of the year. I trust that. You know, the other thing that's happened here in the first couple of weeks, they've got like 17 or 18 penalties. You know, that's right. The that's, I mean, there's, yeah. a lot, there's a lot going on here, like a lot of mistakes. And, and I know that one on Chase Young was bogus. You know, that was ridiculous. You know, John Allen could have gotten one on his body slam. That was, yeah. that was, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the yeah. young one, I, mean, I agree with that to do like he's, he's I, throws I, ridiculous. I think the intent of that rule is, is for that particular play is, is a difficult one. Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, listen, last week they were, they got a fortune to call it that like Joey Bosa got a ridiculous one last week where he hit, right. he hit uh fit. Was it Heineke or I don't remember Heineke or Fitzpatrick, but it was, it wasn't late and it was while he was throwing and, and all of a sudden they threw a flag on him. I, like, I don't know what these guys are supposed to do, but it on the whole, um, there's a lot of penalties going on here and most of them are warranted. So they're making a ton of mistakes and they're missing assignments on defense. And I have to think it's going to get cleaned up because Rivera's history is it does. And they too do typically get better and they're not, and you know, his teams, there's hallmarks of his teams and they're not mistake riddled teams. So I keep thinking it's going to get better. And, and that's why I feel like right now it's just, I don't care how you get by. If you get by and you're hanging around 500 until everything kind of gets fixed, then then you've given. They'll be in good shape. And, and I think they'll I, be in good shape. I believe in that that case. They, and I believe that they will. I do. Yeah, and and they'll, they'll be in really good shape if that's the case. So we'll see. But it makes it certainly makes it interesting. Bram, appreciate it. Get some rest. Thanks. See ya. That's it for this episode. I'll be back with another one early next week, hoping to have one Monday, but it might be Tuesday morning at the latest. We'll talk to you next time.